Before we get started, I'd like to put out a word of warning. The next couple of episodes will contain discussions of a sexual nature, including descriptions of sexual harassment. If you find this kind of content triggering or distressing, you may want to skip the next two episodes. If you or anyone you know has experienced sexual abuse, please seek help. Whether it's from a professional, a loved one, or even a friend. Shame breeds in silence. A couple of months ago, I started a newsletter called Stories I May Never Tell. I was in a bit of a creative funk. I wasn't sure when I was going to come back to the podcast, what I'd speak about, and instead I looked for an outlet to be able to get my creative juices flowing again. So, I found a home for all these different thoughts and feelings to rest in while I came back to the podcast. For me, writing is both an act of exorcism and an act of rebirth, and this newsletter was no exception. Stories I May Never Tell is an ongoing refinery and recollection of the experiences that have shaped me and stories that have lived within me for a while that now found a new home in this project. In Stories I May Never Tell, my love for photography meets my passion for storytelling. In the few editions that I've shared, I've shared some of my 35mm foam photos which I've shot in the past two years as my love for analog media has grown. There's something that's so special about the limitations that come with packaging stories into 100 words and shooting 35mm film. I've been forced to slow down and think carefully about what I mean with each word and each shot. The way I pick out film stocks is the same way that I go about choosing my words, with intention, slowly and carefully. In today's episode, I'm going to share one of the stories that I wrote for Stories I May Never Tell, and it's titled Vertigo. I got off the phone and greeted him indifferently. We sat next to each other, shoulders touching eyes focused ahead. He smelled like citrus and cigarettes. I thought back to the previous day, when his lips mapped out my neck and his hands grazed my thighs. I thought back to the way I zoned out, the way I watched it all play out from outside my body, like a separate entity. I thought back to the words lost in my throat. This feels uncomfortable. I thought back to the motionlessness that consumed me as the winter sun continued to shine. I never imagined being sexually harassed on a Monday afternoon in June by someone I'd considered my friend. 
That Monday, the weather was perfect. Cold, but not unbearable. The air crisp. We went out for waffles and drinks after my exam, and we took our usual bus ride back home. I sat across from him on the bench as the sound of Hadi Das ushered in the end of the day. The next thing I knew, he tried to kiss me, and when I retorted, he kissed my neck instead. His hands trailed all over my thighs and I froze. In my mind, I kicked and punched and screamed, but clearly this didn't translate through my body. Frozen in place, with tears brimming over in my eyes, as streaks of dusking sunlight leaked through the tree canopies in the park. Vertigo is a physiological sensation of whirling and loss of balance, when your spatial awareness is out of whack. People usually experience vertigo when they look down from great heights. But here I was, head spinning and blurry-eyed, seated. But I felt like I was suspended in the air, watching this man violate my boundaries, disregard my autonomy, and disrespect our friendship as my body was slumped below. When I got home, I stripped myself of my clothes. I changed into my running gear and headed for the hills. Oh, Lantlis Yoyam, Mandisi Janjis sang to me. The tears rolled down my cheeks and onto the tar. Part of me hated myself for letting this happen. For drinking on a Monday for not being able to speak up when I wanted to. Part of me hated him for the sheer gall and audacity he had within him and this courage that the liquor gave him. The rage boiled over with every kilometre I ran, but it felt good. The cold wind against my heated face, my new balance trainers against the road. It was a reminder that this body was my own. That night I confronted him, but in retrospect I was too polite, too understanding, too nice. Everything was so different on the bus the next day. The sky didn't explode in its usual way, with fruity colours and fluffed out clouds. Instead, the breeze was icy. The bus felt empty, devoid of our usual roaring laughter and loud chatter. This deep disdain grew, festering inside me longer than I realized. Even after discussing it with my therapist, sharing it with my sister and my best friend, forgiving him, Praying about it. The rage didn't leave. Instead, it made my heart a home. And it just hibernated. I share the story because I once heard someone say, For black women, shame and secrecy is a birthright. It's passed down like a pair of socks and you need to peel them off.
Lately, I've been thinking about how much I envy them. The women that are loud and unapologetic about what they want and what they won't stand for. The women I'd often convinced myself to hate. Blunt and callous patchworks of women that will not starve themselves of their yearnings. So many times my politeness has come at the cost of my joy, my desires, and my choice. But slowly my fountain is running dry. I've bit my tongue so many times that the blood ceases to pour. But it remains in my mouth. Metallic. With each day I resemble these brash women who raised me. Even if it's only on the inside. Where only I can see it. Unwavering and unstoppable. And one day... That same unwaveringness will make itself manifest in me. Se gusta la no 